Hey everybody, welcome to Outspoken, episode 29. My name is Justin White, and my guest today is my friend Aaron Wojak. He is a photographer, among other things. Um, really beautiful photos, you should check them out. I'll give out the website laters. Um, and uh, yeah, he and I have only spoken a couple times before and usually in a group setting and usually only for a few minutes at a time. So this is our first chance to really sit down and talk for reals face to face. And it was cool. So um, yeah, oh cool. Oh, there's this uh, little uh, hummingbird over here with a tiny little camera and she's taking pictures. Always hard to say with the Bay Area, right? It's true. Yeah. Who knows what could happen? If Earthquake. It really be here, yeah. Did tech you? Boom. Oh, yeah, another one. <laughs> tech collapse, which would be cool, maybe. It might be. Because I would. Who knows? But I'm I'm waiting. I want there to be an electromagnetic pulse from the sun. I want. I just oh, want to see what. Just wipe out. Yeah, just like knock out the whole infrastructure. The and whole see. the grid. I just want to see what happens, just for a little while, and um, because I'm my. My theory is that people will panic relatively quickly without their devices or access to all their conveniences, you know? Maybe they'll just all become really happy. That would be amazing. That's that's my real hope. I just feel like they have to go through some like dark, you know, loss and grief period at I first. Think, I think a lot of people might feel out of touch, but you know, I take off a few times a year into the mountains and we well, I do not bring my phone at all. I mean, they don't really work out there. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but you don't. Not... You actually don't want it either. Right? Yeah, I just don't bring it. Like That's you know, good. it's also a camera, so you can you can use it for that. And but you bring real cameras, right? I bring a yeah. I bring a a, a digital a DSLR, a digital single lens reflex camera, which is which still... does not receive phone calls or texts. No phone calls, no texts. Can't get on it does have Wi-Fi. Okay. And Bluetooth. But only and to it hook has up... an airplane mode. But only to is... hook up other stuff, right? Not to like watch porn or something. <laughs> no, you can't watch porn on my okay. camera. That's good. Um, but you... you could shoot porn. You probably could, yeah. I have not. Good. Yeah. I have not shot any porn on, on that camera. On any camera, actually. So. Okay, good. Good to make I that clear could, up front. Yeah, I could just go ahead and say that you know, I haven't made any porn. So, well, so you said you were you planned There's to be... a, but There are different kinds of porn. I probably have made, like, ruin porn, as they say, where that's, oh, right, like, right. the genre of photography. Where exactly. You're like, cloud, whatever. And, yeah. Cloud porn? Yeah, there's that's probably that wave. One wave porn people are really into i'm always i'm always interested in hearing like what the micro niches are like in hawaii somebody stopped me on the beach who also had a camera and was like what are you shooting with uh-huh. are you shooting waves uh-huh. and i was like uh no it's like oh, i was out here shooting waves like and i realized that it's a it's a thing it's a thing it's a thing yeah there's a group there's groups of people that just make i guess kind of abstract photos of waves which is you know sounds pretty i have seen some of that there's one guy in particular on instagram who's quite 
good. I mean, they look pretty incredible. But I, yeah. but I thought like there should be one guy doing that, and and then a, somebody else could do something else. Because well, how there's many? One, there's hundreds. There's thousands. I yeah, think. that's a, that's true. So what it, do you do? You consider yourself to have a style, or do you have a certain angle when you shoot, or do you? Um, <clears throat> I do. You know, it's for me. It's yeah. That's a common question because you know it's one of the first questions that comes after you tell somebody's photographer is like oh well what do you shoot i know it's always hard to answer it's no it's all right i'm but i've come up i mean i've gotten to the point where i have an answer sometimes it comes out better than others but it's i mean the short of it is that it's more about a style and an approach for me than say a specific subject matter like you know, I am a car photographer or I am a landscape photographer or a lifestyle photographer or, you know, the various. Right. You're not any one of those things. But, yeah, but I try have... not to attach myself too much to a particular subject matter, though. I do have a couple that I kind of have been uh, trying to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I try to develop mostly is to have a style that feels really well for me it's very natural that it's like the lighting feels uh real that if i am lighting things i want them to look pretty much like they would in real life and i want the scenarios to feel natural and Mm -hmm. honest and basically i want the i the fact that when i'm and that you know what this is well, because I do do a lot of different stuff, but in a commercial sense, I guess I automatically went to my commercial <laughs> world because that's probably what I end up talking about that's the most. That's where you get that, ask that question. That question. Yeah. And that's the one where I'm like taking meetings and. Well, let's look at it a different way. Like, what, that. How, how about just, to, how about just talking about, you know, your, your worldview or, you know, like to, talk to me about how the camera became the way that you could look at the world and find a different, you know, different viewpoint or, or I mean, I'm putting words in your mouth now. So yeah. Talk about but, it at, like, like you're not at an interview, <laughs> you know, but you just like your art and you want to. Well, the, how I found the camera was, um, I kind of, I got one hand me down. I got a hand me down from my dad and my stepmom. They had a camera bag as like every household did in the yeah. 70s and 80s. Right. Of Do you remember what kind it was? The first? I do, yeah. It was a Nikon F... I believe it was an FE2, which means it was an electronic shutter. Oh. There's FMs, which are mechanical shutters. But I, th- I believe mine was the FE, okay. which... Uh, and, and they had like a little handful of lenses in there um and did either of them use it or was it something that just yeah my um i think my stepmom was a little more of an active uh shutterbug Uh and my dad you know i it seemed that everybody knew how to use the camera um at that time not everybody in the world but everybody in my family like knew how to use a manual camera right and they yeah but my step it seemed to be more of an active thing for my stepmom i think she even had a series of books from oh really kodak on like how to do various uh, cool. things like take portraits or landscapes or 
I think she mainly did portraits, though. She would, of her nephews and mainly nephews and nieces and so were you were you exposed to that or did you see her doing that or or when it landed in your hands did you just sort of find your own inspiration and uh yeah she always had it out when we were on vacations and stuff um and every now and then i think i would try to use it but it wasn't until i was in college for a few years and maybe came back for Christmas or something and then I saw it and took it back with me because I had some friends that were working at the school newspaper at the Minnesota Daily I went to the I went to the University of Minnesota in Mm -hmm. the Twin Cities in Minneapolis and uh, yeah so I took it back with me and asked a friend to show me how to develop film and who worked at the paper and he did that's where I first learned how to do that was uh like after hours at the minnesota daily that's cool so yeah. you got like a hands-on tutorial in the dark room from somebody who yeah knew everything about it yeah he introduced me to that and then i enrolled in class and um i went on a i went on a trip to new orleans at the end of a summer with a friend and it ended up being i didn't really know when i was going but the the uh, event that we went to was called Southern Decadence, which okay. is a gay pride festival. Okay. I knew the person I was going with was gay, but I didn't know that I was going to a gay oh, pride the, festival. Wow. So that was like a really funny surprise. But um, and they get into parades in New Orleans. I mean, yes. They go to town. Yeah, it was it was quite a spectacle. <laughs> I was. And that, was, and that was your first outing with the camera with like intent? kind of with, it was one of the first ones that one of the first where your intention yeah. was to go shoot some stuff yeah you know I bet a, I think a lot of influence probably came from my uncle Phil who's a sign painter in Minneapolis and he's always he's always been a photographer as long as I've known him and he's always got a bag of cameras or a camera that's cool along with him and so i you know i also probably saw him using a camera and so did you like growing up were you drawn to that sort of you know yeah work rather than i liked drawing. work work or yes. office work or yeah i think i really liked i liked making things when i was a kid mm-hmm. yeah i got put in some like alternative class, I think because I was not responding to math. Yeah, I think in particularly yeah. it was math or in particular mm-hmm. it was math. And I was just, and I remember, and I was just bored. <laughs> I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. I, re- I remember doing these math equations on these pink pieces of paper and just thinking like, they're not that hard. I just don't want to do it's that. It's just kind of pointless. So, yeah, so I was underperforming in school, and I think I got put into like a specialty class, and they like gave us, put us in front of computers, and had us do like these other kinds of problem solving. Nice, which I, was pretty fun. I wish and they, they would were do lo- that with every kid who who underperformed yeah. academically. Just give them an alternative way of learning. That's what they need. That's why they're not. That's not what. Yeah, they're it was a pretty short-lived program. This was in. This was in Illinois in the south suburbs of Chicago in Park Forest. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Maybe they just did it to figure out if I was indeed or if I indeed had a learning disability. And then once they saw me interact well with other things, they were 
And I, you know, I was in there with other kids mm -hmm. and we all did like word puzzles and we did some stuff on the computer and was there a sense that you guys were like the misfits or the outcasts or anything like that i mean it I, it was second grade so okay i so couldn't really you didn't know, no i can't recall i just remember getting put in the class and like conversations with my mom afterwards about do you think that changed your, your probably yeah that, that was probably like an early intro to kind of to an art practice if you will yeah and then, yeah, so I saw my Opa, you know, he was creative. And then my uncle, who uh, lived in Minneapolis pretty much the whole, my whole life. He still lives there now. Um, so we would go visit my uncle and I would see his creative environment, his studios, his live work studios, his sign painting shop. And uh, yeah, so that was a big influence on me. And then, but yeah, I got to him because I saw him with the camera I brought the camera back, uh, the New Orleans trip. So yeah, I just, and I think I was, I went there and I took some pictures and I would approach people and say like, Hey, can I take your picture or, and people interacted with me too. Like I was on the street trying to take pictures of the things that I thought were cool, the, or just things that were crazy yeah. and interesting and active. And it went pretty well. The photos, you know, I think I haven't dug them up for a long time, but they were pretty fun. They were pretty exciting. I shot them in black and white and people interacted with me and they like let me take their picture. They gave me the time to focus and fumble a little bit, nice. but the photos came out well. They were exposed well. They were focused. And I think maybe I took those negatives too the first photo class that I enrolled in and I, you know, went on to make some other photos with, with my roommates and around the house, but I'd also go out into the world and take photos. And it was just like, it gave me a way to interact with people and something to use to explore the world. I think that was a really a big part of it was that I could, it gave me an excuse to go and, and hunt things down and 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 interact with people and and be curious mm -hmm. and i could take photos and bring them back and talk about them and yeah could you did you always ask permission of your subjects or did you do some some candid ones some more uh covert yeah uh, and what's and maybe, what's your no, ethical think, feeling around that kind of stuff yeah moral? that's an interest that's always a <clears throat> That's a, I mean, it's a good question. I don't know that there's a good answer. There's so many different. I'm just curious about your personal take. I'm, I mean, I think yeah. every, every photographer's got a, well, I don't know if everyone has a, a definitive feeling about it, but I would imagine everyone's thought about it. Everyone who's pointed a camera at someone who doesn't know they're having their picture taken. I take know? a lot of pictures of people who don't know I'm taking their picture. Uh -huh. um, if it's, it kind of depends on what I'm... It definitely depends on what I'm going to do with the photo. Yeah. Uh, if it's... You know, I, I don't think that I would be very comfortable single singling people out to use their image in an explicitly negative light. Like right. that, I don't think is cool. I don't think I would like to make an example of any individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about it when other photographers do that with 
I mean, you can sort of set aside tabloid big... things because that's all kind of intentionally gross and <laughs> trying to catch the worst shot well, you could possibly get. Like the paparazzi. Yeah, but but other forms like with there are ways to portray somebody like in a way that you want them to look rather than the way that or you capture them at a moment where they're you know maybe compromised or something well <clears throat> generally i'm trying to make people look look good yeah. both in a in a professional sense i'm i'm definitely trying to make people look good because that's what, so what you're hired you get hired to do, to do yeah. is to make things look good i'm and talking about you, more like in a documentarian but in a personal sense i i also i'm never really interested in like demonizing anybody or or i don't really even want to make photos that feel uh explicitly critical yeah I think I like making images that you look at and you have to think about for a while and figure out what the angle is. Like, I think the more time you can make somebody think about an image, the more impact it'll have. Mm -hmm. If the, if the intention of the photo is not immediately obvious but it's still arresting enough to make you want to figure it out. I yeah. think that's a, that's a good thing to to go for. Yeah, but that's one of my objectives is to, you know, have some some intrigue, but combined with a considered composition, and sometimes that is simplicity or chaos. Or, you know, just some sort of um, intentional organization of an image to make it hold your attention long enough to figure out what's what the image is about. Mm -hmm. I um, think that's a cool goal to have. You draw draw someone in. You have to be curious enough to, to stop and look at it, first of all. But then you want to get in there and see who and what and why and who, like who's the... Who's the who's seeing this picture and I don't know that's it's all pretty cool that every single person has an has their perspective and if you give somebody a camera and have them stand in relatively the same spot like everybody's gonna take you'll get a few a different yeah a few I mean if you keep doing it long enough a lot of them will start to look the same but yeah it, you'll probably get an, a few of the yeah. same yeah. But also if you, I mean, what I noticed when I, I used to work at an after school program and I, I had a class of kids and I just handed out a bunch of uh, disposable cameras and set them loose and yeah. super fun just to watch what kids look at, you know, what they want to see and what they consider. What grabs their attention. Yeah. And, and what's meaningful or what, you know, some of them would go straight to the people they like and take portraits and others would uh -huh. go to some like little unknown corner of the yard for, you know, to get some weird shadow on it. you know it was really uh -huh. cool and you could sort of see who had an artistic bent i don't i never want to like classify somebody right off the bat and say oh you're definitely going to be this and you're not and that but it's cool to watch kids like, like sort what of, their approach is yeah just see what they're pulled to and, yeah. and if you're a good teacher you you give them that like you let uh -huh. them lead and then you say here here's some more of that thing that you like yeah so but can the camera is so cool it's super freeing because you don't well, I guess it could be limiting too, but it, in a way, there aren't any rules other than 
the, the ones that have been listed as technical things, you know, composition wise and uh-huh. in terms of lighting and, you know, well, I think even composition, composition, there's no rules. I think the only like undeniable rules are the ones that are technical in regards like exposed, getting the exposure that you want, which well, may and be even those, even those dark. can be, even those could be tweaked. Right. And you yes. could artistically, you could choose to be outside the bounds of what's, Considered there is some physics involved in it, though. Those yeah. are the rules that are right. You that, can't you can't be yeah. in a pitch black. If you room leave the shutter, the shutter open, open all, for yeah. too long in bright light, there you, won't be any information. You will information. get all the light. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or if there's not. Yeah. Those yeah, those not, rules are hard fast, but but otherwise, as you know, if you choose to use it as an artistic tool, you go pointed at whatever you want. You know, and that's that's a cool thing to me. Yeah. There's no. You don't have to make it about what has been done before you get to keep looking for what's what hasn't you know and that's hard to do in any art i think but it keeps happening like people are keep they keep pushing in music and in painting and in writing and i think it will always be there because every human has some impulse to create i think i think not all of them are tapped into it but i think everybody wants it and kind of needs it i think so too yeah it yeah, it kills me when people say things like, "Oh, I'm not creative." Yeah, you hear it all the time. Though. You do hear it all the time, and and I always jump in and say, "Well, yeah, you are. You just don't. You just have to look at the things that yeah you can. You know, you just look at them differently. You could be good in the kitchen. You could be you know, you could be good with people. Good communicator. You've all you, kinds of different ways to yeah, be creative. You can be creative in yeah, this world, and you are. I think just by being alive as a human. You are, you are, and unless, I mean, you can create destruction too. You can create negative stuff and people do. It's true. But, um, but I, we are sort of generators of, of our own of reality. Very creative uh, destroyers people that are destroying there. things yeah. all the time. Yeah. That is certainly true. Yeah. But no, I think it. just life, uh, just navigating life, just staying alive, it re, uh, requires some creativity. I went to visit and I was going to stay with my friend and he got called away on a job. So I was just by myself, basically. First time ever in LA. His brother was around, but his brother had his own life. He wasn't really trying to entertain me. And yeah, so I was like, all right, just me. It's a tough city to, to just LA. be alone in. First <laughs> was, time ever. Yeah, it was so, pretty lame, actually. Yeah. It wow. kind of sucked. 
And well, like, I don't blame and you. And you're driving everywhere, so you can't just like go to a bar and like saddle up and just like hang out with the with whoever's there. You kind of have to go somewhere to do that. Yeah, you, could do you that kind in of your couldn't because then you'd have to get in your car. Yeah, and every like, time. Yeah, to do anything, every, like everybody that wants to hang out has to get in their car to go yeah. meet somewhere. And so eight of yes. you can go meet at Cantor's and have some matzo ball soup yeah. in eight different cars. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think LA is gonna work for me. And I went, yeah, and so I went to New York. And then you're happy with your choice. I was, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, it was great. I love New York. It was, it was an awesome time. And yeah, and then the year after I got there, the economy collapsed in 2008 with the housing crisis and and all the Minneapolis studios shut down or not all of them but a lot of them uh-huh. and the the corporate clients that were that were keeping everybody busy tightened their belts and reduced the rates and and of course, none of that stuff came back, and it's been, you know, I probably bounced back a little bit, but mostly just operating on that level yep. ever since. Even though the economy has like you know completely recovered, it's the. It's... And then, did you find love in New York? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> took a while. It took um, a while. No, actually, maybe you know it didn't take that long. It took. I met my my current girlfriend who I followed here. Um, actually, I think maybe the first or second year I was there, but uh, she left shortly after we met, uh, six months or so after we met, and came to San Francisco and uh, or actually Berkeley for school. And yeah, we had stayed in touch, but weren't exactly dating that whole time. And then six six years later or something, five, six years later, I decided to follow her out here. Wow. And you'd been at least in touch at, at some on some level that entire time, I imagine. Yeah. Like, like we kind were, of wanting to be... There was a lot of on again, off again... Um, talk for a while, visit each other, like either in California or in New York, or we rendezvoused in Mexico and in Boston. Was, uh, was there any, like, have either of you talked about it since? Like, any sense of knowing that it was the one back way back when, you know, be, before any of the back and forth and the long, the distance in between? Uh, I'd say I uh, you'd have to ask her. Well, I, yeah, I'll just about ask that. you then. But I um don't think I thought I mean, obviously when I decided to move to California, I had some kind of feeling that perhaps, but it wasn't like love at first sight. I'm going to marry this woman. Uh-huh. Uh she's the one. You know, I don't think that I only ask that because a, it's that was a that was a slow reveal. Yeah, well, I'm asking because it's. I'm just curious because it's. It is sort of uncommon to to like make the connection and and have it be strong, but then also go away for a while or go away and come back and go away and then wind up being strong again. I don't know. I think it's a cool. Maybe I, I always wonder it? about like if there's an underlying pull. There's like some other 
thing at work that make that makes people want to be near each other? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you hear those stories occasionally. You don't believe that? Do you, I don't do know you? what's, you know what? I just don't know what is common. I mean, I guess common would be the, the traditional thing where you get married after high school. Or well, something. I don't care about all that, like the right. tradition, but I mean, just in terms of, yeah, maybe common wasn't the right word to use, but I'm just curious about how people, you know, because not even just in romantic relationships, but there are ways in which people revolve in the world and, and might continually meet in different circles or at different times in their life, you know? And I'm always wondering what's at work. Like, is there some other thing or, you know, not necessarily orchestrating all of it, but just, is there like another layer that we don't see where these bond, you know, these like cells are drawn to one another or something, you know, there's some molecules wanting to attracted to one another by some likeness or something. I'm just asking as a, as a theory, Hmm. I no, I I don't I don't think so. I think Do you have a more practical view of of like love and relationships and or yeah, I think it's about I think it's about well, they say a lot of it's about convenience. Uh huh. I've I've heard, and I think there's definitely truth to that in my experience. Like, but you know that doesn't really make sense for my scenario because it I had to move the across the country to to make it work so it's do you mean in terms of how people meet the people that they meet like yeah i think well just how you get close to to home yeah someone that you see regularly and you know your both of your life the circumstances of your life have you um in the same place at in the same, the same time. place often enough to get to know yeah. each other but what about when it's not like that what about when it's a f- totally random thing and you're like you again like what how did i 20 years down the road how did we come back into contact have you had that happen i with, mean with yeah. anybody with friends or within hmm. might be a hard thing to maybe it's hard spot. to maybe hard to yeah call to mind i do think that there has been a few friends where I run into them down the road and I'm like, Oh yeah, here we are together. Yeah. Who would have thought? Cause you could, you, you could try to analyze it and say, well, it's because we're both drawn to this certain city or this type of lifestyle or whatever. But you could also say, I, I believe a lot in the things being like, if you really think about it, you can kind of find the, or you can kind of come to understand the mechanisms that, that made like i i believe in like working backwards through something and then to understand it like i think but using logic you can Mm. do that using logic specifically yeah yeah logic yeah are there any areas of life where you where you allow for the unknown or the supernatural or that like are there things that i like to entertain those ideas and but i think that I don't really believe in you don't? a lot of them. No, I think I, you know, like witchy things and and like karma. Like I will talk about having to, you know, uh, refresh my karma. No, not refresh. What do you want? What do you want to say? Like, you know, do work Balance. to kind of build up some karma in regards to one thing or another. Like you feel like you need to do a certain amount of good in order to be deserving of good? 
Is that what you mean? Or oh, you... I mean, I just wanted to could just because I think everything would be better if everybody tried to do a I agree with more that. good than but, bad. But what do you mean when you say car, like when you're trying to, well, for example, karma. so I went on a bike ride, um, not so long ago and I was going up this really steep. I was with some friends, uh, who had been riding more than me or they were just, they were just in a little better shape. And then I had been riding a lot trying to like train or get myself into better shape and therefore, was just exhausted. So I was yeah. riding with people who are faster than me, and I was exhausted, and I just, I just bonked. I just lost all of my energy. Uh-huh. And I, we were going up this very, very steep hill, very long, very steep, very exposed to the sun, and I was dragging. Anyway, I get to a certain point, and I had checked in with my friend, and I was like, I don't think I can make this. And even if I do, the way down is going to be really dangerous because that side is, the other side where they're going is is difficult and technical. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of... Uh, you just decided to bullet. save your life. Yeah, he was of, like, yeah, and I was like, cool. you know what, I think I think I should just turn around and just go down the easier way. Good for so you. I, so I did, and I was like, oh, all right. But I took one last photo from where I was because as of when I turned around sunset there's like people I mean we're talking like we're on the tops of these small mountains coastal Uh mountains north of San Francisco and Marin wow and uh and it's sunset and it's beautiful and they're like these golden rolling hill mountains and so you got a good shot people yeah so I took this photo anyway I put my my phone back in my bag and I just I start going down the hill. It's really fast. I'm just like, um, and I ride downhill on these trails for like half hour, 30, 40 minutes. I don't know. It takes me a while to get back to the car and I pull out my phone to, to turn off the app that tells me how far I went and stuff. And I, well, I tried to pull out my phone. Phone's not there. Anyway, no phone. And I'm just like too exhausted to go back. It's imp- I could not do it if I wanted to. Oh, man. Because I had just ridden downhill yeah. at a at high a rate of speed for clip. 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. So you have no idea where along that way. So I just resigned. Way. I'm like, I don't know where the phone is. Whatever. I'm like, so I went, put a note on my friend's car. And then I went to the, like, there was a brewery there. And I just sat down at the bar and had a beer and hung out. Drank your sorrows away. Yeah, drank my sorrows. Anyway, um, bartender's like, you know what? Somebody's going to bring it back to you. And I'm like, no, no. Long story short, um, somebody does bring it back to me. That night? Yeah, my friends come back. And I'm telling them the story, what's going on, and realize the phone's still on. So I'll be able to find it tomorrow. No big deal. It's okay. Everything's okay. And then we're sitting there, and my friend's phone rings. And we're like, hmm. Looks like telemarketer. He didn't doesn't answer it. And then after I'm like, why didn't we just answer that? Like that could have been my phone. You didn't recognize your number, or he didn't recognize. Well, because it was the person who found my phone calling, calling from their own yeah. number, not from yours. Okay. And then, anyways, but we he didn't answer. But then the bar phone rings, and I can see the bartender talking to somebody, and is like, "Yeah, he's here." What? And then hands me the phone. 
anyway, yeah, some so guy some found my phone new... on the trail. That's really cool. And he brings it to me. And so there, on that note, like Cubby, my friend who I bike with, was like, trail karma, man. You got to go do some work on the trail to, uh, because the trail, the trail gave you back your phone. And in that regard, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I should, I should go do some trail maintenance to pay back the trail karma that I just received. But now, but in that, in that context, you're not using it as any sort of spiritual framework it's just simply a payback the community who support supported the community right yeah but i mean that person who brought the phone back to me wasn't a mountain biker and i'm gonna go put trail maintenance on a mountain bike trail but yeah but they're a fellow human who you know took the time and interest to make sure somebody got their thing that they were probably missing a lot yeah and the good photo that would have been lost otherwise (laughs) And and that great photo um so like in that so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll humor superstitious ideas and I, I do, I talk about not jinxing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you believe it? I mean, are you superstitious or do you think that was just sort of some I am training? and I am not. I, I, I do humor those ideas and I, I abide by those things, but, but deep down, no, I don't believe in them. Can you give me examples of some that you abide by? I mean, do you do some well, of the some of the old? Yeah, don't. Uh, yeah, like you know, jinxing things by talking about something before before it it's happened, before yeah. it's like fully come to fruition. Like you know, what about things like you spill the salt? You have to throw it over your left shoulder. Oh or, yeah, spilling salt. Yeah, that's one I like. Or I like don't that cross one. on the stairs. Or don't what? Don't cross on the stairs was one. Oh, that, I don't know that one. Yeah, What's I don't that? know if that was specific to my family or what, but my there was. My I used to kind of avoid. Mom, cracks in the sidewalk a yeah. little bit i mean because of the nursery rhyme probably you don't want yeah, to break step, your yeah, dad's back your or whatever mother's, or your mom step on a crack break your mother's back yeah step on yeah. a line break your dad's spine yeah you that was probably because i one. just walked to school when i was really little and i was just well, it's fun to play games yeah yeah you also just do hot lava everywhere yeah hot lava hot lava <laughs> you have to jump from and rock to, to stump to, to bike rack to whatever there was that i think that was like a uh that was like a challenge thing in in England recently. Oh, really? The hot lava challenge? Yeah, I think really it's a universal. Everybody has I think it's English accents, and they're like, they're saying, oh, it's no, kind of like no. a surprise. Yeah, they're like, the floor is hot lava. That's, I, that's a terrible accent. That but... sounds familiar. I feel like I just saw a clip of it or something. Think, is it a? Yeah. It's a re- recent show. It's like a reality show or something. Well, no, I think it was just like a viral thing that was happening on social media. Oh, okay. People, People would doing... make a video. Of their friend and then say, "Oh right, right." Hey Julie, the, the floor's, floor's hot, hot lava. lava. You got to jump up and yeah, and then they would have to, and they would be like in the middle of grocery shopping, right? And then That's people were throwing themselves onto, you know, toilet the paper displays. The t- yeah, and, I like it. I like that. It's yeah. like a. I mean, did you play that as a kid? I feel like hot lava was universal, at least in the my United States. My favorite games as a kid were my favorite game in the as a kid was Ghosts in the Graveyard. Oh yeah, is it like um, it's kick the can or, or yeah? Like, it's very similar to, to you have to kick get back can. to the base or yeah. is it, okay, without yes. being tagged. Yes. Okay. There's a there are a bunch of them like that. There's a yeah. the prey and predator we used to play. Oh, I didn't know that scary. one. Out in the woods at camp, we would play, and it was it would go on for hours, and we somehow the counselors would let us go. Like we'd play, it'd be dark. 
would be where the hell out of nowhere. Yeah, Ghost in the it's, Graveyard was always in the dark. Yeah, it's not fun unless it's in the dark. Or it's not, it's not scary enough. Yeah, that's cool. Do you have other ones? Do you play a Red Rover or, or what, whatever it's called? No, send Duck Duck send Goose. Bojack over Duck Duck Goose. Yep, Classic. which many people call Gray Duck. Oh, really? Yeah, is that a regional? It's a regional thing. thing? Have you heard other terms for duck? For just, that? just, just it's either duck. goose or gray duck. Minnesota was right on the, uh, was right on the cusp, or it was like maybe Minnesota was an outlier of its region, and we Illinois and Minnesota were both goose states, <laughs> but then like North Dakota was gray duck. Uh huh. Um, but what do you when you're going around the cir- circle? What do you say before? Do you just say duck, 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 gray duck? Yeah. Okay. Or duck, 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 goose. Yeah. yeah. I like goose better personally. I like goose. But maybe that's just what I grew up with. That same. That's what I grew up with. Should but we... somebody in Minneapolis made different bad uh, different pins. They were goose and gray duck. Uh huh. So everybody, yeah. So you would pick which one you were. Which team and, you're on. And you would wear it. Yeah. Wow. What if that's what it ends up being like in gladiator times? That's how we decide our, <laughs> yeah. who gets to live and who doesn't. I think we already have our teams decided. What's it like to date a therapist? <laughs> What's it like to date a therapist? Or to be to be with, I don't know if dating is the right term. To to be in a relationship with a with a therapist. With a therapist. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys makes... get to the heart of things quickly? Are you able to communicate like Um I think well, it's definitely uh improved my communication skills and it definitely made me more insightful to you know to myself and uh-huh. understand things. And you just spend more time on those matters, at least with my partner, mm-hmm. who is a therapist, who is a, a psychologist. Um, is yeah, there... and like I and I also I think that stuff's interesting. She seems to think I've got a a knack for psychology. Um, but maybe because I read a lot of fiction. Yeah, you get to learn people well if you. Yeah. If you and also, I'm a photographer. Characters. Like my job is to read people right. and interact with them and be attuned to what's going on with yep. them and how to make their experience uh, as, know, as pleasant as or easy or exciting. You know, it's a lot about because when I'm photographing someone. I need them to do the thing right. that we want them to do, whatever the, whatever that is. Be, be it you know, dance, run, sit quietly, look like they're at peace. So you direct, like you direct angry. as well. You you sort of have to direct as a you photographer. You have to direct right? the people, yeah. yeah. So you do have to know a little bit about how to motivate them. Yes. So you would yeah. have to know some psychology or intuit well, at least. 
Yeah, I mean, I think everybody knows a little bit about psychology. If you're a human, yeah, and you're yeah. if your your eyes are open at least a little. Yeah, you know. if you're paying attention. To but people. a lot of people aren't, or they're not interested in that aspect of things, uh, or they're not aware of how much it plays into every single thing we say and think and do. Yeah. Um, is there ever a feeling, uh, because she is a professional, that you are at a at a disadvantage, or like like do you ever feel like, you know, you have all this experience and training and ability and I, you know, I'm coming oh, yeah, sort definitely. of as the layman. Yes. Like, yeah. But then, you know, I honed my skills and now I'm a better therapist. So <laughs> yeah, you, you get, know, the, do you the, have sessions with where she's on the, the couch? teacher has, Oh wait, the, the, the student, student has, has become, become the master. The that's no, that's, I mean, yeah, that, that is a thing. And that, that is, I think that probably happens with a lot of, uh, couples where one person's a therapist and one not, one yeah, is or, not. But I, or just I've, one is more experienced at one thing than the other. Yeah. It doesn't have to be any specifically. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she, like, yeah, her her toolkit's bigger than mine, and her vocabulary is better than mine, which is funny because English is her second language. Right. But um, does she is did she use it to? put you in your place or is she just articulate and you I and mean both yeah it depends you. you know we all use our whatever we have available to do the thing we're trying to do right I suppose and if yeah. that's put me in my place then yes she will use all of her tools available okay. to put me in my place wow. and um, then you just pull out your camera and start showing yeah her yeah I just take her picture right you'll uh, never do this look, as well this as is me what you look like right now right uh, it's perfectly no. composed and no like... I have to I just learn you know I learn from her yeah. And, uh, and then I, you know, but uh, no, ultimately it's, it's good. I like it. I like what she does and I like the, the level of intelligence that she approaches, um, things with, uh, particularly things dealing with emotions and, mm -hmm. um, did you have much of that prior to your current, this relationship, Do, like, were you able to get to that with other people? Did it was your family? Did they talk to each other? Did you have? No. Was it a shutdown? <laughs> no, okay. no, not um, at all. No, we. I mean, didn't. was I mean, we. My family does talk to some of my family talks to other people in my family, some but they them, weren't. Some they, of them don't. They weren't expressive concerning their emotions and things um, like that. Not particularly i was always pretty vocal with my dad but in a more of like a rageful way mm. we were we would fight a lot we would have pretty epic uh arguments did you learn your rage from him i mean did you learn anger from your dad's anger um he's not actually that angry we just we just uh we just just we butted just butt heads. heads. Yeah, yeah, we just would fight. What were I, mean, you I think it's because about? we're comfortable, or I don't know. Maybe I was just comfortable yelling at him, and he's comfortable yelling at me. But we. What were you at odds about? Yeah, I, you know what? I don't even remember what it was. Was Probably it just about, some standard rebellion? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Probably me just being a angry teenager who didn't uh -huh. want to do whatever I was supposed to be doing, and and maybe for him that. You know, I wasn't doing the things that he thought I should be doing. Right. Isn't that funny how that works? Yeah. And it's almost always like that where the parents. That's probably a sort of a standard plan. equation. Huh? Yeah, I think so. Most parents have a different plan for their kids than, their, than the kid themselves do. 
which is, you know, makes perfect sense to me. I don't know why anybody would assume that you're just going to do exactly what your parents do. It's funny that that was ever a model, you know, it makes sense in a business, you know, if you own a business, right. It makes sense to pass that on rather than start a brand new business. And, yeah. But what if you, your son or daughter has no interest in what the business, like in what if the family business? Yeah. Or what if it would just kill their soul to do it? You know, Yeah. that's how I felt. I was like, I, I mean, that was never offered to me. I didn't have a business being offered passed on but if it were it would definitely have to be something i enjoyed doing or i just wouldn't do it you know i think unless i was i mean maybe that's a really maybe that's a selfish or arrogant stance but i feel like given the choice i would not do something i didn't want to do unless it meant like the family would starve otherwise you know like if there's some if i was doing it to support the family and need they needed that then i would i would put aside my own needs but given the choice hey do you want to take an easy job that's already yours, but you don't really like it, It's I'll just give it to you? Or do you want to work at something that you enjoy and see where it goes? I'll always take the latter every time. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't. I mean, I wasn't offered any business either. I'm kind of glad that I wasn't. I mean, I know I have, I know people who were and they stayed where they are. They stayed their whole lives in the same place. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't have, I don't think my mind would have liked that very much. No. Yeah, I think I needed to get out. I mean, I think I took off as, as my first, the first chance I got, which was after high school. And Yeah, same. I, I never really went back. I mean, I went back for visits, but I never moved back never planned a summer to land or there anything again. like that. Mm. Yeah. I went back for a summer to drive a cab before really? moving here. Yeah. I wanted to make money. Back to you know, where was it? Uh, Ann Arbor. Oh. Um, and I drove the cab. Well, I picked up the cab in the neighboring city of Ypsilanti, which is a, there are only two in the world. The one's in Greece, the original, and one's in Michigan. As far as I know, um, that's what the that's what the Atlas says. Um, but yeah, I would pick up the cab. I would drive. I would get up at like four forty-five in the morning and drive forty-five minutes to go get the cab. And then drive like half an hour back to Ann Arbor to drive to drive to for your shift. for twelve hours, and then I'd take right. it back, and then I'd go back home, and I'd wake up and do it again. Sleep for four hours. Yeah, usually I, if I yeah if at all, and six days a week. Wow. Twelve hours a day. Did you make money doing that? Like enough to? I I think I could have, but I yeah. think I wound up sleeping in the cab for, you know probably a third to half of the of the time that I was, gotcha i mean I, I probably made a lot less than i could have i spent a lot of time being yelled at by the dispatchers for for sleeping on the job wow it never mattered because there's always another cabbie who will gladly take the call yeah so if they call you and you don't answer it just you just get passed over but, but they get but they still get mad they get annoyed yeah. yeah but also they were total shady corrupt you know they they fed each other all the best rides and they gave the newbies all the crappy ones and you know i kind of knew some cabbies in in minnesota yeah yeah it's a fun job if you if you have the adventurous spirit i i really enjoyed it i, I probably could have done it longer but i wanted to get out here we had a really funny uh i have a funny cab story yeah well, yeah that i i would hear about this for years to come after it happened because we had uh, so me and my friend Chris, Chris is like a 
pretty kooky guy. He's always got some harebrained idea about some creative endeavor, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be a haunted house or a parade or a or a, his current thing is a mini golf course, which nice. is quite successful. That's or, awesome. You know, it's doing well. It still exists, which is. So he likes to go big. He likes yeah. to like build a big. He's yeah. not intimidated. Side yeah. Okay. But when before any of those things happened, we uh, he would just have parties, this like themed parties. Uh-huh. And and I had a pretty big apart or I had an apartment with a big basement and and we threw a couple parties together. And this one was called it was like it was the space party it was called future 2000 i think was like the was what the name of the party was uh-huh. on the flyer and what year was it when you when you were when you chose 2000 it was the... after the year 2000 oh, it was okay. yeah so it was like 2002 or something All right. i don't remember exactly yeah maybe it was 2002 but um yeah so so yeah and then and the the idea was past ideas of the future so you know I like i think there was a picture of barbarella i was gonna say um, barbarella would be yeah. for, like first uh, yeah or the jetsons 2001 or, or yeah. um yeah, space odyssey you know anything yeah. yeah think of any old movie or story about the future which is also probably the past for us now yep. you know because the year 2000 rogers is a big deal that we've long past yeah um but yeah so we had this party and um just like a you know a house party but we had this really big basement under our apartment that we had cleared out and were people in costume yeah yeah people Mm -hmm. came in costume so like what we were hoping for was like you know colanders on your head kind of costumes or you know wrapped in tinfoil oh actually we had a roll of tinfoil at the door in case you didn't have right. a costume instant you, costume yeah people didn't some people didn't get it but a lot of people got it and it was really fun and our parties would start at midnight which uh-huh. is late for for minnesota uh-huh. um and because you know bars close at one i think at the time and so yeah party would start at midnight and they go pretty late you know like four maybe five in the morning and there was this big storm that night like a big snowstorm this mm-hmm. was in the winter and we were like shit i don't know if anybody's gonna come to our party and uh so we were worried because we had you know spent money and we were gonna charge a cover uh and people started coming and then people kept coming and they kept coming and it turned out to be a really good party mm-hmm. like pretty much like perfect size like full crowded not too crowded yeah people stayed late um drugs we, were taken drugs Drinks were, were taken drunk. not too many drugs on my part but there were i'm sure there were some around uh and yeah, we have made this this concoction. We called it Space Drink, mm-hmm. and it's basically Tang, 
high um hydrated with vodka nice and so it was like only vodka no water uh there was a lot of ice in the bucket okay. but no just that's pretty intense yeah it was strong and intense get and your a lot space of people, drink on yeah your space drink a lot of people got spaced uh-huh. but anyway so, it goes so the cat so the cat was on late and then at the end of the night so everybody starts calling cabs and there's like there's kind of this one preferred company at the time it was called rainbow cab uh-huh. in minneapolis and uh and uh, yeah, so we're calling the cabs and we're all inside. And apparently outside, the cabs are all showing up. And, you know, people just called the cabs. They didn't coordinate very well. So apparently like the entire Rainbow Fleet is lined up outside of my apartment, which is like above businesses in like uh-huh. kind of kind of no man's land a little bit. I mean, uh-huh. it's in the middle of the city, but it's still like there's, it's kind of isolated by a couple yeah. of freeways. You don't roads. expect to see a dozen cabs. And it's long after know. bar time. So there's just like, and they're, and they're like, what's going on? Is there like, is somebody playing a prank on us? Cause they all like pull up, they get out of the cars. They're waiting for the fair. Nobody was coming out to get well, in. Nobody had come out. And then apparently they're all sitting there like, waiting and then the door bursts open and all of these people and like with fucking colanders on their head <laughs> right. and like tinfoil wrapped They're around martians. their clothes oh. yeah martians and spacemen and like sexy vampy right people just like burst out onto out the, the street into the snowy street uh quiet snowy street and 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 over overtake the rainbow fleet yeah and then they're like well there's our fares and nice. uh yeah but then pretty much every time i would get a ride home not every time but often i'd get a ride home and, and the taxi drivers would be like did you have a party <laughs> once a year, a year, a year ten like years a, ago like it was like snowy night and i was like yes yes nice. that was that was us legendary it was pretty fun. have any um i have this this breakout segment that i do sometimes called hypocrite's corner yeah do do you have any contradictions that you live with any personal hypocrisies oh my god constantly i i would be hard pressed to to identify one right now uh you have a lot i do gosh i do all kinds of stuff i mean does it does it create any guilt or shame when you do, or is it just, do you have an agreement with yourself to? I mean, I think I just laugh at myself when I, when I hear, when I recognize that I'm being hypocritical or that I flip flop on something. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm constantly getting upset about something and then realizing that I in fact do that do the thing exact thing yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's Does, pretty great how it's what's hilarious to me is how quickly we all get mad at each other. Yeah. And just be like, what? Why Usually are you, for mad? The, you know what? You did that yesterday. Right. The exact thing. Yeah. 
do you feel when it happens do you, you say you laugh at yourself do you feel slightly to. enlightened by it like do you feel like you take note of it and integrate it into the system yes i definitely want yes because i want to be aware of my hypocrisies and and not you know try to manage them yeah you know just minimize them maybe minimize my yeah self-contradictions yeah i think that's a good hypocrisies goal. yeah but also don't beat yourself up too much no. because we all do it yeah yeah oh and yeah coming into you know coming up on 40 i think i've i've learned to let things go a little bit more perhaps i'm still pretty obsessive though are you you think when you turn 40 that will shift or is it just i hope it just goes away entirely yeah just like water under the bridge well i I I hate hate to break it it to you yeah (laughs) thanks that's not how it happened for me it's, it's not to say it can't but uh i know yeah. I, I don't but also i don't i don't put a lot on the number i don't think it means a whole lot you that you are you are who you are when you are yeah no i don't put a lot on it either it doesn't it's pretty arbitrary everybody's different yeah well happy pre-birthday thank you yeah all right man well thanks for coming i appreciate you talking sharing your stuff yeah thanks for having me it's been fun for listening my friends uh that was my friend aaron wojak and you can find him and his beautiful photographs at aaronwojak.com that is a-a-r-o-n-w-o-j-a-c-k i think it's a pretty flipping cool last name personally um and it makes me think of uh Wojo Howitz from uh, Barney Miller. But you know, that's before some people's time and after others. So, um, anyway, oh yeah, I voted on Tuesday and uh, the machine was broken, of course. And uh, so I had to feed it into the the thing, the, uh, the analog way, as the volunteer suggested, um, which entailed you know cramming these five sheets into this super narrow slot through which you could see the last voters ballots like partially sticking out i probably could have just plucked those out if i wanted um but i didn't want and uh so i cast my vote and um i hope that it actually got counted by somebody at city hall as was promised and I hope you all voted too. And if you didn't, don't complain about shit. All right. I uh, love you. I'll see you next week. Outspokenpodcast.com is where you can find me and subscribe and share and tell all your friends and like and flip and flop and flap and flapjack and short stack and humpback. And uh, I'll see you later.